Welcome back. This is episode 66 of the High on Life podcast. You're going to hear Sansia's story of recovering from binge eating disorder. Sansia is a young female client of ours who completed our Recover Strong program for binge eating disorder late last year after a background of depression and anxiety and binge eating since childhood. She went from daily binges to achieving complete remission. But more than that, she has transformed her relationship with food and her body. She's confident in who she is, and she's hopeful in her life again. Her story is incredibly inspiring, and she's a demonstration of courage, determination, and resilience. I know that some of you listening to this episode are struggling with binge eating disorder yourself. Maybe diagnosed, maybe undiagnosed. You feel ashamed, you feel frustrated that you just can't get a handle on your eating, and you feel like a failure. I wanna let you know there is hope. You are not broken, and there is effective treatment available to help you achieve peace and freedom around food so you can move on with living and enjoying your life. If after listening, you realize that you're ready to get help and overcome binge eating disorder once and for all, I want you to go to my website and book a call with us as your first step www.sashahighmd.com forward slash B-E-D. That is the landing page for our Recover Strong program where you can learn more about binge eating disorder and how we can help you achieve freedom. This is available around the world and I would love to see you on the other side, just like Sansia. Now on to the interview. May you listen and experience hope. Hi, Sansia. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, this is so wonderful. So why don't you just start by introducing yourself and give us a little bit about your background. I'd love to hear more. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my name is Sansia. I currently reside in Toronto. Originally, I am from Brampton, um, pretty much where I grew up. Got a rough flower city, right? <laughs> so yeah, so I pretty much grew up there. And then I recently moved out um, to downtown. And I've worked a different number of like admin jobs, things like that. And uh, yeah, I guess like I, in terms of like personality, I'm just somebody who I really love food. I love trying new restaurants. I'm love hanging out with my friends. And yeah, I just, you know, try to just be like a happy go lucky person most of the time. So I try to, you know, do different things, uh, different activities. So I think downtown is the perfect place to be for that because there's just so much to do, especially in the summertime and springtime. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, you recently completed our Recover Strong program for binge eating disorder. So that's what I want to hear about, but maybe you can kind of just walk us back a few steps to understand like a little bit more of your background of how you arrived at realizing hey, I actually have an eating disorder and I I can get help for this. Like, take us back and and kind of share. I'd love to, if you could share your experience, because I think there's so many women who are, there's so many people who are struggling with binge eating disorder, have no awareness of it, are suffering in silence, and it's really destroying their lives. And I just want your story to offer so much hope. So yeah, let's hear the background. Yeah, definitely. So I guess we'll have to kind of take it like super, super back. So growing up, I have always 
been the type of person to kind of uh, really connect with food. I come from a South American and Caribbean household. So definitely lots of opportunity to try different, you know, cuisines and stuff like that from my background. But the real reason why I kind of gravitated to food is I always actually struggled um, with depression and anxiety, and that's clinical depression. So growing up, I never really was kind of like a problematic child in the sense where I would get into fights with people and stuff, but I would really internalize a lot of my feelings. And I can actually pinpoint, I guess, the moment or the age roughly that I actually started to notice kind of some certain feelings in regards to like my body, my weight, and kind of just food as a whole. And that was actually in grade four, so pretty young. And I remember that I had taken this picture next to, I think it was a, a Dr. Seuss book. It was, uh, it was really cute that we had done um, in our class. And I just remember a family member kind of just pointing out that, you know, my tummy looked really big. And that was kind of one of the first moments where I started to kind of internalize certain thoughts about, oh, well, what is big? Like, how does that make me feel? Is that something that makes me feel positive or negative? So it kind of started off from there. And then basically from, I want to say grade five, all the way up until grade nine, um, so would be in high school, my body developed really quickly compared to some of my other, my other school peers. So specifically in the chest area, like I grew or I developed really rapidly. And that actually made me feel even more self-conscious simply because like looking at my body, I felt like I didn't look, you know, like every other kid or every other girl in class and closer towards like the end of elementary school. I mean, you know, kids and boys, like they will, I guess, be boys, but that's kind of when certain like sexualized comments started to happen, especially regarding my chest. So going into high school, I had a really, I guess, like tumultuous idea and like concept about like my own body. I didn't really know if I was, you know, accepting of it, or I didn't know if it was something that I wanted to change. And as I started to go into high school, my kind of relationship with food actually started changing. So I would do this thing where because I maybe had been so upset, I would, you know, binge eat and kind of just hide like snacks and stuff in my room, wrappers, things like that. And then it transformed into restricting. So I would actually do this thing where I would chew my food and then I'd have like a cup during lunchtime and I would actually spit my food out to not actually swallow it. And so I, I didn't really kind of delve into like restricting, binging and then purging, but it was really just more so like the restriction and the negative attitudes towards like food and about my own body. So it kind of, yeah, was it like that for a few years. And then I want to say around in grade 12, um, I had actually gotten a breast reduction surgery. And it was a really great experience for me because it really started to shift the way that, again, I started to view my body. So after I had gotten that done, I remember I came back from school after two weeks. And the first comment that one of my friends made, it was, wow, oh my gosh, like I didn't even know that you had such a body under you. And I was like, okay, I don't really know how that's supposed to make me feel. I guess maybe that's supposed to make me feel good. So again, it was kind of just like people pointing out certain things about my body that I wasn't really sure if I felt positive or negative about it. Mm -hmm. And definitely like with the breast reduction, I noticed that I felt a little bit more positive about my body in the sense where I thought that my body looked 
the way that I thought it was supposed to be. I was a lot thinner. I was a little bit more curvier, things like that. But I noticed that I never actually felt really in tune with the way my body felt. So that kind of was that portion of it, you know, between school and high school and stuff like that. And I guess, yeah, like after I had graduated high school, to this day, I still don't know what it is, but I had actually developed this thing where I couldn't digest meat for a whole year. So if I had anything like chicken, if I had anything like beef, my stomach would get really bloated and I would get nausea um, and then I would actually have to throw up after. So it kind of fueled in a weird way, another kind of restriction and a restriction and now like a purging cycle where I would definitely stay away from those foods, but then I didn't really know what exactly I was supposed to eat. So I just kind of didn't really eat at all. And in terms of like family, I did have some family members kind of comment and say, oh, well, you're so skinny now. Like you kind of look like you're anorexic and they make jokes and kind of laugh about it. And I just remember I didn't really feel very good at all, you know, with those types of comments. And again, like how my body looked, even though I guess kind of mentally and subconsciously, I would think to myself, my body looks like how I think it should look for a woman of my age and, you know, somebody part of this society. So kind of after that, I started working different types of jobs and offices, you know, kind of started trying to climb the corporate ladder, so to speak, in kind of different, um, different sectors. And that was really fun. You know, I got to try new things and be in new locations and really kind of grow into my own independence. But the clinical depression that I had had from, you know, basically when I was four years old, it had gone unchecked for so many years. So it kind of became this thing where people just figured that I was, you know, a really agitated person. I was really irritated easily, or, you know, I was kind of just more so to myself and more reclusive that way when those are really all just symptoms of depression. So definitely really spiraled out of control. I want to say around like 2017, 2018, and it got so bad to the point where, you know, I had to be hospitalized for it. And, you know, it definitely was kind of like a bittersweet moment because, when I was actually hospitalized for it, it kind of reset everything within my mind about, you know, my body, how I felt with myself, how I felt, you know, with my mental health and things like that. So even though I went in for something which that was, you know, very depressing and very sad, I came out of it thinking to myself, well, I kind of feel reset. I kind of feel rebalanced and kind of a new slate where I can, you know, start to kind of piece together like my own perceptions and my own ideas about who I am as a person and, you know, this body that I have right now. And so, you know, like with therapy and medication and things like that, my relationship with food was really not too bad at all. I would kind of go through some moments where, you know, I would binge a little bit, but for the most part, it was pretty steady. And then I want to say in around 2018, 2019, like towards the end of 2018 and 2019, it just spiraled all out of control. I mean, I don't know if a lot of women can kind of attest this, but sometimes when we get into relationships and we get really excited about having to go to restaurants and, you know, dates and stuff like that. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm kind of eating the same thing every single day. And then it's like, oh, well, let's go to this restaurant and let's go here. And I don't want to say that it was that, that fueled more binging episodes, but it definitely kind of contributed to feeling a little bit more safer again with food and uh, kind of having that comfort again with food. Because even though my depression was now, you know, being medicated and kind of being treated in a different way, it wasn't gone away completely. So I started to kind of have certain experiences, started working through traumas and therapy. And that's when food really started to kind of be my crutch. And I had basically gained, I think I want to say within like six months to a year, I had gained about like 70 pounds. So all of a sudden, I kind of just blinked and I saw myself 
looking a lot bigger than what I normally was used to. And the weight just kind of kept tacking on over the last like four years. And so basically last summer, I had actually been told about uh, your clinic because I was actually right on that cusp between am I going to get bariatric surgery or am I actually going to try and get to the root of this? So I was actually all ready to go for bariatric surgery. I had the surgeon lined up. I had all my dates to basically get like my testing done and things like that. And something in me was like, you know what, let's check with my GP first and let's see what she has to say about all of this. So I actually had checked in with her and she was the one that told me about your clinic and, you know, really encouraged me to give you guys a call and see, you know, if this was something for me, because, you know, she thought to her, like I'm 20 I was at the time I was 26 you know you're so young I don't know if maybe this surgery would be something for you considering that it's so life-changing so let's try other avenues first and let's see how you do and then if you know it's still something you want to go through then I have to you know support you because that's ultimately your decision so basically from there I gave you know your clinic a call um you know the intake session was amazing was fantastic I actually cried <laughs> just because I had started talking about like my relationship with food a little bit more deeply over that first call and then you know I found out that I would be a really good candidate for the recover strong program and things like that and that's kind of when I met Julie and you know we started our therapy together and that for me on honestly was super life-changing. I had really started to kind of uncover not necessarily like my own relationship with food, but just how interconnected it was to my mental health and things like that. And really getting more so kind of to the root of things mm-hmm. rather than just kind of keeping it surface level and just kind of dealing with it on, on the top rather than actually digging a little bit deeper and getting down to the root. So yeah, that's wow. my journey thus far. Wow. Okay. So thank you so much for being that vulnerable to share that level of detail of just everything that you've gone through in your life. And it just, for me, makes me remember like every human being has a story and they have things that they've walked through that we have no idea about. And people don't even recognize the impact sometimes of their words. If they say things that can be body shaming and things like that. And it also speaks just to resilience, right? Like I'm listening to your story and just the resilience of everything that you've walked through and to now describe yourself as like, I'm a happy-go-lucky person, I think is the, is that the words that you used at the beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's because of your resilience in overcoming the depression and the anxiety and the, and the mental health stuff. So yeah, amazing. I wonder, did you know when you had your first intake call, because most people kind of come to us initially for weight loss, did you know that you had an eating disorder? Like when did that connection happen? I always knew that there was something wrong. And I know that within that year before I had given the clinic a call, I was looking into binge eating uh, disorder and just kind of really feeling connected with, you know, some of the symptoms and some of the, I guess, like traits that, you know, you would exhibit as somebody with binge eating disorder. So I definitely knew that there was a word for it. I guess what I just didn't know until I had actually started going through the program was how deeply ingrained and how far back it actually had gone. Whereas I just, you know, initially thought to myself, well, this is something that's just four years in the making, whereas no, this actually spent my whole life. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting. And when you were going through therapy, did, did the food stuff come up at all? Because it's interesting that you were going through therapy, which is amazing. And I, I so encourage that to deal with like emotional wounds and trauma and all of that. I'm curious because it sounds like that was also around the time where you started turning to food more. So was that something that was addressed in therapy or how or, or discussed at all? 
It really wasn't, to be honest with you. I think like initially the therapy that I was doing with my individual counselor, it was more so geared towards trauma and kind of building certain tools or or having certain tools in my toolbox to be able to kind of build that emotional resiliency. But it was interesting because like after, you know, all these sessions that I would go through, because sometimes I would even go like two times a month, I still would always come out of it feeling like I never really got to the root of some of my behaviors. So it really wasn't until last year that I could actually make those connections and say, oh, well, you know, I'm holding on so much to food or I feel like it's my crutch, maybe because I'm having a depressive episode that has been, you know, triggered by X, Y, Z type of thing. So I guess, yeah, like through the program that I did through your clinic, I was really kind of able to break everything down step by step, like from behavior to certain actions that I would take to even certain traumas that may have been connected to those certain actions um, and behaviors. Wow. So when you were going through Recover Strong and you were working with, just so everyone listening in the audience knows, so you're working with our uh, binge eating recovery coach. Her name is Julie. She's amazing. Very, very skilled in using the CBT tools to to bring binge eating into remission. So what was it like when you first started, how often were you binging? And then how did that shift over the course of you going through the treatment? So I know that when I had first started, I was pretty much almost binging like every single day for, I guess, just for an example's sake, I would do, let's say my groceries on a Monday, and then I would get certain snacks like chips or candy and things like that. And usually I'd say like within... 48 hours, and that's even me being gracious, like those snacks would be gone because I would go through certain like emotional triggers or I would kind of get into a headspace that was not really the healthiest. And I would really cling to those types of snacks to be able to feel a little bit better. Or I would go out and I would say, you know, I'm feeling, you know, kind of crappy today. I think I need like an ice cream cone or I think I need this or I think I need that. So rather than kind of taking a step back and, you know, asking myself, well, why do I feel like I need those things? Like kind of, you know, backtracking a little bit, I would just automatically say to myself, like, no, food's going to make me feel better. And Initially it did, but it wasn't really kind of long-standing in the sense where I would feel better for a much longer duration. I would just kind of feel better in the moment and then everything would just kind of come rushing back after. So that was definitely something that we had focused on in my therapy. And I think I want to say at around maybe the halfway mark, I started to see that my binging had like significantly dropped. So I guess also in terms of like numbers that people can kind of understand when uh, I had weighed myself, I think it was around September, I had weighed about 260 pounds, I want to say. And then once I had actually completed everything, I think I had ended off my weight at around like 240 around there. So the binging had dropped significantly. And even though weight loss in essence wasn't my focus, it was more so, um, creating healthier habits for me and really healing, you know, the binge eating and healing the trauma, it just ended up happening naturally. So I didn't really end up having a binging episode at all towards the end. And that was actually really critical for me and something that we even spoke about with Julie, because around the time where she pretty much like left me for like four weeks, it was around Christmas time. So I knew kind of going into uh, the holidays that there was really high potential for me to binge again, especially because, you 
know, when you're around family and especially when it comes to weight loss or just, you know, body image in general, sometimes certain family members can make certain comments about, you know, your body and maybe how much you're eating because in essence, everything is on display, right? And I actually had an instance where a family member had made a comment about how much I was eating that night. Um, I think it was like Christmas Eve dinner or something like that. She had made a comment about how much I was eating. And I was initially annoyed and very irritated, but I didn't let that fuel me to get so upset that I'd end up binging again. So I think that was also a really critical moment for me to realize that, oh, wow, like all the work that I've done thus far, it's really now deeply ingrained in me because I'm actually living this experience right now. And I don't feel like I'm spiraling out of control so much. I have to actually bring to food. So pretty much when I ended the program, I wasn't binging anymore. And even now to this day, like I don't, actually binge anymore at all. And in total, from basically September to now, I've lost and kept off 30 pounds. So yeah. Wow. And as you said, like the weight loss hasn't even been the focus. It's just what your body's done when you've been able to stop with, with the binging and, and really heal that relationship with food. That's amazing. I, I'm interested if you could like take yourself back to that moment when a family member made that comment and you said you were like initially frustrated. What did you do instead? Like, was there an urge to use food? to feel better? And then if so, like, how did you, like, how did you handle yourself in that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so some of the tools that uh, I have learned with Julie really included, well, I guess first accepting that people will have their own perceptions about food, about how much they should eat or about how much people should not eat. And sometimes people aren't always really the nicest, you know, when they try to make those comments and share those opinions. So I think for me, that was kind of the first thing that I latched onto in the sense where, you know, I had to remind myself that that family member may not really have the same experiences that I do, or maybe even the same understanding as I do with binge eating disorder. And even though, yes, that's frustrating because they're still making that comment, it's still okay, right? Like I don't necessarily have to do anything about it. I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to really get upset. I don't really even have to address it if I don't want to. I can really just kind of shrug my shoulders and say, well, that's your opinion and just kind of go about my day. So that was kind of one of the tools that I had immediately just, you know, pulled out of my toolbox, so to speak. And another thing that I had done was kind of just understanding that maybe I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling a little bit agitated in the moment, but let's surf the emotion, kind of let's shelf it for a little bit. And then, you know, when I'm kind of in a place where I'm ready to kind of dissect it, you know, be able to understand it a little bit more, I won't be as kind of, you know, emotionally vulnerable as I am in that moment. And I'll maybe be a little bit more, I guess, emotionally logical for me to be able to, you know, understand and not necessarily feel so upset about it anymore. So yeah, so those are some of the tools that I have learned and in that moment that I was able to kind of use just automatically. So amazing. So amazing. Would you say that this was hard work? Because I I wonder if some people listening are like already disqualifying themselves thinking they can't do it. It's too hard. What would you say to that? Honestly, it was probably one of the hardest therapies that I've ever done. I'm somebody that, you know, has gone through various different types of therapies. And even now to this day, I still do. And I want to say it wasn't hard in the sense where because you're meeting with that coach every single week, you're really being emotionally vulnerable so often. Because even as I was doing, you know, the therapy through the, the program, I actually had also my own individual therapist that I was connecting with on a bi-weekly basis. So it was kind of like 
therapy over time, right? But that necessarily wasn't really the hardest aspect of it. I think what was really hard for me was that I had to really open myself up. I really had to dig deep and I had to be uncomfortable with those really, or sorry, I had to be comfortable with those really uncomfortable feelings because as I started to peel back the layers of, you know, my life and certain behaviors and definitely traumas, you kind of come away feeling like, wow, you know, I kind of understand why I do the things that I do now, but it still hurts, right? So being able to kind of experience that and then do it again in another seven days on top of you know, making sure you're staying on top of your mechanical eating, making sure that, you know, you're trying to put in the work every single day to ensure that you don't kind of revert back to those behaviors. That probably for me was the hardest aspect because I don't necessarily have an issue with, you know, discussing traumas and kind of discussing why I do the things that I do, but it's always hard for me to hear it, understand it, share it with another person and then have it sit with me. So as it's sitting with me to not be able to use food again as that crutch and kind of shift the activities that I would do in order to make myself feel better. I think that was also another thing that was really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you decide to keep going when it was hard? I think it was just one of those things where I had to tell myself that I owed it to myself. You know, I owed it to myself to protect myself. I owed it to myself to try my hardest. And I owed it to myself to feel better about how I was feeling. Because at that point, you know, like I said, I literally was about to do like bariatric surgery. I was all for it. I thought, you know, that would actually make me feel better. But then I started to kind of sit and think to myself at that moment that I don't believe that going through a surgery is actually even going to tackle the root. Like I could go, I could do this. I could pay so much money, you know, over 20 K for this thing and then end up in the same spot because I'm still not really changing the behaviors that kind of put me here in the first place. So really kind of looking at it from a more, I guess, like a long-term aspect and saying, you know, if I change these types of behaviors or, you know, uh, show up for myself a little bit more every single day, then eventually like everything will kind of just kind of compound then it won't be so much harder, like, you know, in three months, four months, whatever. So in the beginning, it was really difficult. But I think also what helped me get through was the fact that Julie was just so warm and just so accepting about where I was at in that moment. I didn't feel, you know, like she was trying to change like my eating behaviors or my eating patterns or even what I was eating from the get-go. It was really just more so, okay, like if you're eating out every single day, let's kind of reshape how we're how we're looking at that on a day-to-day basis and kind of just go from there and make small changes so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming in the moment. That's amazing. I really want to honor you because it it takes a lot of courage, right? To do what is hard, to do what deliberately put yourself in an uncomfortable position, right? To show up and be uncomfortable, but knowing that it's for your greater good. And I think that that is is something that sometimes people are not willing to do is like do the hard because the long-term there's so much benefit to it. And like, that's what I'm hearing, right? It's like, yeah, it was like the hardest thing you've done and yet you went from binging nearly every day to now not having binged in, you know, what we're April in since September, which is incredible. So what what's different about your life aside from not binging? Like, how has that changed your life? 
I think the fact that when we kind of boil it down to just saying like not binging, initially when I started this program, I didn't think to myself how much an impact not binging would have on my life, but it really reshaped, you know, my confidence. It reshaped my entire perspective on body image, not only with myself, but with others too. So even though in September I was pretty much at my highest weight, which is 260, and now I'm kind of around the 230 mark, I actually feel so much more confident and so much more sexier at this stage of the game than I did when I was at my lowest weight, which is absolutely insane to me. And really what I can attribute that to is that I did, you know, the mental work in in order to understand, you know, my perspectives on food, how I can actually feel my body, you know, being able to go back and do activities, physical activities that initially made me feel really uncomfortable. All of that literally changed by just not binging. So we can definitely say like, yeah, it's, you know, you're just not binging anymore, but it has shifted and changed so many aspects of my life where now, you know, I'm at, yeah, sure, a certain weight that initially years before I never could have imagined, but I feel really comfortable with myself. I feel, I feel really happy. And even as, you know, the nicer weather is coming, I don't feel like I can go outside and, you know, basically tear myself down from the inside by saying, well, that person looks really good with what they're wearing and I look horrible. No, I go outside and I literally just work it. So, yeah. I love that. I love because it, it's so important for everyone to realize the confidence that you have and you feeling sexy in your body, as you put it, has nothing to do with your size, your shape, or your body. It has everything to do with the thoughts that you cultivate towards your body and how you want to think about that. So that's like so amazing to hear. I love that. What are you looking forward to in your life? What I'm really looking forward to is doing a lot more physical activity that I miss. So when I was around 18, 19, I actually used to do pole dancing as a form of fitness. And initially, like, I want to say when I started this year, I thought to myself, well, like, no, I'm too heavy. I can't do that. But I've actually started to kind of work back from that and say, well, in order for me to become strong, to be able to do, you know, those crazy moves and stuff like that, you got to start somewhere. So now I'm actually opening up a little bit more to going back into full fitness. I really would like to get my yoga certification to be able to teach yoga because I've been doing it now for, I want to say like 11 years. And I actually think that maybe, I don't know if it's going to be this year or maybe next year, I would really like to kind of cultivate a space for other individuals, definitely mainly women, but just everybody on their own for people who are kind of experiencing depression, anxiety, things like that, and just really kind of create a community. Because I noticed that in my own individual journey with depression, anxiety, and even binge eating disorder, I felt a little bit more isolated. It's kind of hard to kind of create that sense of community. And, you know, in order to feel so much more better about these types of conditions that we all may have, a community really, really helps with that, you know, either whether it's friends or just people who can really understand and empathize what you're going through. So yeah, I hope you know, maybe either this year or next year, I'd kind of like to get that off the ground and running. So amazing. Well, you and I should connect offline about that because I think that there's <laughs> opportunity for you just to inspire some of the women in our own community and come and share about your resilience. So thank you so much for that. Now, just in closing, there are women who are listening right now and they're struggling with binge eating disorder and they're struggling with all the shame that is attached with um, BED. What would you say to them? I would say first, be kind to yourself. Definitely be kind to yourself because 
even though you may be in this moment and, you know, have the body that you have and, you know, may think uh, really negative things about yourself, that doesn't mean that things can't change and things can't actually be better. It definitely is a lot of hard work. You definitely got to show up for yourself every moment, but it is so worth it because again, you're protecting yourself first and you're loving yourself first. And, you know, out here, emotional currency is very expensive. So if you can spend it on yourself first and spend it on yourself the most, then honestly, everything is good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Sansia. I just appreciate you so much. I appreciate you being willing and vulnerable and sharing your story. Again, so much courage, so much resilience. You've really inspired me. So I'm so like rooting for you and cheering for you with everything ahead and uh, your pole dancing and your yoga. And and (laughs) I know that you will inspire so many people who need to hear that there is hope on the other side of mental health, like depression and anxiety and binge eating disorder. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it as well. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. I trust that you have been as inspired as I was when I was doing this interview with Sansia. There is hope. If you are struggling with binge eating disorder, do not continue to suffer in silence and feeling alone when there is light on the other side. There is life and freedom on the other side. There is effective treatment available. Does it take a willingness to go through the hard? Yes, it does. But is it worth it? Absolutely. I want to invite you to reach out right now. Take action. If you are struggling with binge eating disorder and you want to get the help you need to recover from this and go into remission, go to www.sashahimd.com B-E-D. You can find more information and then sign up for a free discovery call where you can speak with our binge eating disorder recovery coach, Julie. She'll be able to walk you through what the program looks like and whether this is the right fit for you to get the help that you need. Talk to you soon. Bye.